everybody, and welcome back to Sound Pollution. This is Raynell, and I am back from our break. Brent will return on another re-release next week, and then we will be back to our same old shenanigans. I hope the new listeners enjoyed learning about the show from our five or six weeks of re-edited, re-released episodes, and we hope that the old listeners enjoyed those extra music-only episodes while we were away. Hopefully everybody had a great holiday season and we are crossing our fingers that 2023 doesn't say here, hold my beer. This is episode 133 where I get to touch base with the wonderful Darksoft. We will be discussing his new album, Beigeification, new synth songwriting, cliches, music videos, lookup fest, and so, so much more. Please make sure that you click those links in the description section and support the independent musicians. Hey, this is Uncle Brent. We are back the first Monday, which is 2-6, February 6th. We're going to be posting new interviews. This first interview is going to be Dark Soft and his album, Beigeification. Also, be on the lookout for new interviews in February and March featuring Midnight Lounge Crew, Sir James of Masonic Block, Nico of Seva, and Kevin from Two Tons of Steel. So if you're an artist that wants to be on the show, email Podcast at gmail.com. Our holes are filling up fast. Knew you were going to say some shit like that. Thanks for listening, and remember to get out there and make some noise. I want to welcome you back to Sound Pollution. This is like the fifth time you've been on. We is it love really? you. Yeah, I think so because, well, no, baby, the fourth because something like that. Yeah, because we we did that event promo. That's what. Yeah, and I gotta talk to you about that as well. So that's a question for later. So my listeners would like to know what have you been up to? I know you've been really, really busy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suppose so. I mean, for the most part, I'm, I just kind of like go on a walk every day, kind of hang out, do some work on my computer. But in terms of Darksoft, uh, oh yeah, I put out a new album. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) That's why you're here. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's been fun. Um, I love putting out new music and sharing it to the world and seeing the response. And for this one, it's just been so positive and like really pleasantly surprised by uh, some of the attention it's getting. It's it's cool. Let's talk about that real quick because most of my listeners are fairly familiar with you because you've been on a few times. We've done Look Up Fest. You have been doing a lot of interviews for this release, and you've received some really positive feedback, like you said. Um, I'm a fan. My kid's a fan. My co-host's a fan. But I really am seeing a lot more of you across social media. Other people have really dipped in and taken an interest in you. What do you think was different this time around as far as other people finding you? I mean, I I was conscious in the music I was making for this album to make it a little bit more uh, listenable for a wider audience, honestly. Um, And maybe that maybe you're seeing that the result of that, maybe. Mm hmm. I, in my previous songs, they were kind of conceptual and the lyrics were very like creative, but maybe hard to follow at times. So yeah, I just try to like really simplify and, and create things that, uh, I could relate to more people with. And so it's, yeah, I was trying to be more relatable and maybe it speaks to a broader audience. I, I don't really know. I don't have a great answer. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I was just really curious. Yeah. Um, 
But do you also think that maybe it's a combination of that and all the hard work you've put in up to this point? Is the work just really paying off? Because you've been at this for a while. Yeah. And, and well, you do I've Little Records as well. Since 2018. But I've been, I've been writing songs in my bedroom since like 2006. Um, I've, this has just been a continuation of things that I've been doing for almost a couple decades now. Uh, and then you, you put it out in the world and see if anything sticks. And so yeah, I've just tried to repeat that process over and over for so many times now. And yeah, yeah, maybe I, that could be part of it for sure. Kind of building, building. Yeah, like the building blocks. Yeah, yeah. I said when I first heard of you, because I just want to put this out in the airwaves so people know that I was one of the first people to be like, this kid's going places. Discovered dark song. No, like, <laughs> because we, when you so gracefully came on my show when we were very new, and I really mm. appreciated that, and then invited us to look at Fest, and you've just been really kind, and I and I saw how well, how hard you worked, how well you, like, worked your fans and you were just all about getting to know people and creating an experience. And I was like, this guy's going places like this oh. label's going places. And it's so for, for me, it's been really cool to see that happen for you. Um, another thing that, that happened that I saw on Twitter, was mm-hmm. it today or maybe it was yesterday's post? You're number nine on the NACC charts right now yes. with this new album. Yep. It's not the first time you've climbed that chart though, because didn't cry wasn't cryo on that as well? Didn't it get up to like seven or eight? I think it was more like in the twenties on the top two hundred, and then okay. they have other like smaller listings. Yeah, because uh, I pulled it up and you said you were cryo was eight. Maybe it was a different listing, but it's it's cryo was eight. I was like, he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think cryo was like debuted at eight or something. But okay. then, and this new one is like that's uh, that's the highest it's it's gone. For, yeah, for Dark Soft on that chart. And for those listeners unaware, mm-hmm. the NAC is basically the chart for college and community radio stations across North America. So it's like uh, the DJs report what they're playing to this one aggregator, and then they share the results with all like the PR people and labels and musicians. Just to see like what, what's a uh, hot at like college radio. So it turns out like some of these DJs are, are playing my stuff at a lot of these stations, uh, which has been really cool. And they keep playing it. It's getting good feedback or they wouldn't keep playing it. That has to feel really yeah. good. What does that feel like? Is it crazy? Yeah, it feels really good. It's kind of crazy. Um, at the same time, I, I realize that it's a small community of, of DJs and listeners and, uh, I, I feel like it, it could be a cool stepping stone for me going forward and like really building something that maybe could turn into a career for me one day. One day. It's not a one career day. yet. Oh, no, no, not by any means. <laughs> uh, that's been the goal for a while, though. Yeah. Well, I really like this album. Um, I actually uh, was just like my daughter was she's having like some some anxiety stuff. And I was like, did I tell you I had Dark Soft's new album? <laughs> and she was like, no. And I was like, here you go. And I just walked away. <laughs> so that's so the best I, result I could hope for is that someone is able to take this and relax to it and maybe have a 30 minutes of escape while while they play it. I mean, I, I listen to my stuff often and I'll like go on a walk or something. So I, I, I can I can relate to that. <laughs> It is definitely walkable outdoor 
music. That's cool. You get that vibe. Cause yeah, I get that vibe. I putting it together, I would like have a SoundCloud playlist mm-hmm. and I'd be like listening to the stuff and I'm like, okay, let's rearrange this. Uh, maybe like add another song into the mix. And uh, so that's kind of my process. Like I'll go on these long walks in the woods and kind of see what sticks. And where you live has beautiful woods. I have yet yeah. to go up there. But it is on my list. It yes. is on my once I get my van list. Um, is great. And for any musicians uh, tuning into this, it's got a little thriving scene. There's some cool local venues. So don't pass up Portland, Maine, if you're planning East Coast tours. So let's talk a little bit more about Beigeification. And I, every time I say it, I'm like, I said it right. I know I did. Uh, <laughs> every time I spell it still, I'm like, okay. Let's I have to add that second E. I'm like, it's weird, well, right? Yeah. yeah, a little, a little bit, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You'll never forget it. Once you spell it one time, you will always remember. Yeah, just think Californication, but beige exactly. on, the, on the first end. Yeah. So tell us about that, the title of the release. Why that title? Yeah, sure. Well, like I was saying, I was trying to make songs that were more relatable, maybe more passive. And I, actually embedded that into like the songwriting process i just used a single chord progression on all of these songs on previous songs i would like change things up a lot from section to section it might be cool for musicians to listen to but i was trying oh, yeah, to I love it. Make, make stuff that maybe non-musicians might be into as well um so with this album yeah i was trying to like increase the resale value <laughs> It's like that's what people did with homes in the early thousands, right? They just made everything beige. Yeah. Maybe I could try that. Every apartment I've ever seen. Not like the value of it perceived Mm -hmm. other people, but I do want to relate more to others, and so this is kind of like an experiment in that way. And so it's my beigeification. It's your beigeification. I also noticed that you're using a lot of cliches in your lyrics. Yes. What is yes. that about? Right? Um, it all started with me realizing how much I hate the phrase, it is what it is. I saw your post about that. <laughs> and then I was like, dude, I say that all the fucking time. I know. And it's like, we're really in this age where things just happen and there's nothing you can do about it. And you just, you read so much negativity. And then it's like the end result for so many people is just like, oh, it is what it is. And I just kept seeing that pop up so much, so much. And so it's kind of like a a mirror to what's happening in society and the attitudes and the feelings and thoughts of of people. And so I just rolled with that, um, even though I admitted that I hated it. (laughs) But I found kind of some beauty in that, too, like. Just realizing that there are certain things you can't change and that you do have to accept. Um, and there was some personal stuff in my personal life that I just needed to hear that this last year, too. So it kind of resonated for me in that respect. I used a lot of thought terminating cliches, which yeah. is like uh, win some, lose some. Uh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You got to do what you got to do. Like these these little phrases that you might tack on at the end of some conversation and they're kind of like irrefutable truths that say absolutely nothing, but mean a lot in context. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of found that pretty fascinating as like, and I was, you know, I was like an English major in college and uh, I like, I like words and wordplay. And so that was like a fun theme to play with. And I was like researching a lot of idioms and phrases for this album, trying to stitch together things 
in maybe in a unique way, but still have it like say absolutely nothing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I got that. I did. There was a couple songs I was like, I feel like he's being a little bit of a smartass, but I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> it's cool. Like, I can go with it. So, yeah. it is what it is, is your least favorite cliche. Probably, yeah. What is your favorite one? My favorite one, I think the whole Stones Unturned phrase, I kind of like. That was like, a good that, track, by the way. Usually it's don't leave any stones unturned, but that song was about like, hey, maybe there are some things that you don't need to experience in your life. So I was kind of flipping that one on its head and like looking into that with the lyrics. So, but yeah, I, I, I guess maybe that's one of my favorites. And uh yeah, I don't mean to be a smart ass completely. I like having a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't a lot, but there was yeah, like after I but, listened to a few tracks, I was like, I feel like there's just this little part of him that's like, are you getting it? You getting and it? I was like, I'm like, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop saying that now. No, that's great. Oh my god, I, I say I it at work all that. the time. I say it at work all the time. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. You know, feel free to still say these things. No, no, like, no, no. Because, it, because I saying them doesn't mean you can't it's use so them funny. in your daily vernacular. Let's yeah. talk about It Is What It Is. Yeah. Since we've talked about it so much. Tell me about that video. This video was really fun to make. Uh, I wanted it to be drab and uncreative as possible. Uh, and and so, yet that made it more creative. I maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we ended up going to these abandoned office parks, uh, outside of Portland, Maine, which is the area I live in nowadays. And there's a lot of these kind of abandoned, empty office parks. And I just did a really dumb sway dance, like back and forth. And, uh, I had a friend who I met recently at, uh, the film studio where I get my, uh, 35 millimeter film developed. And she oh, we talked about that. Yeah. Shoot this video. Yeah. Sydney. And uh I, we did it on VHS. And so we were driving around my 2002 Ford Escape from these places to places and like popping out and plugging in the VHS into the car battery because it can't power itself anymore. It's too old. And so we had to like, <laughs> plug around this video contraption. And it's like one of those cameras that the dads would yeah. put on their shoulders. Yeah, to, uh, video, to videotape me while I was, yeah, because I'm that old. It's direct to VHS. Okay. Yes. That's the deal. And like the classic, the big VHS tapes. Yeah. That was the easiest music video I've ever edited. It was like, okay, five seconds of dancing. Actually, it was two bars of me dancing here. Okay, next mm-hmm. two bars, next two bars. And I tried to sync up the movement so it would look fluid. But yeah, I didn't try that hard. And I think that was the point of it, trying less and making things more simple on myself. That's, that seems to be the theme of what you've been yeah. doing, but I love that video. I, I know Thank you've you. done some really cool videos where, like, we talked about, I think it was a couple albums back, where, like, each video was a part of the story. Yeah. But this one was so beautiful in its simplicity, and it was it actually made it really artistic, even though you're like, this was nothing. But, like, my favorite part was towards the end, where in each frame, you stopped. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I realized, I'm so glad you brought that up. I realized that I, when I was editing it, I realized that I was doing the same thing at the end of every take. And I was like dropping my hands to my side and just being like, well, okay. And then giving the camera <laughs> operator a thumbs up. It looks so dorky. It does, and but it's I was like doing this tick. So I just picked it out and <laughs> put a, uh, put it back in the video every time I did it. But yeah, I loved it. it was pretty fun. 
Did you experiment with any new instrumentation other than making it simpler? Was there any new things that you tried? Any new pedal boards that I get to rub in Brent's face? Yeah. What is okay, that? Check this out. Oh, wait. No, this isn't it. Sorry. It's a different, but I'll just hold it up. Okay. So, um, yeah, I use this Casio MT90 synth, and it's like this nice little beige synthesizer. And I think I use the clarinet setting. Uh, on whatever it takes. That was a new synth I added to the family of Darksoft instrumentation. Let's see here. Tiny little, tiny little synth. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did lean more on synths, but mm-hmm. they're the ones that I've put in other recordings. So it was kind of the same bass sound, the Alessis Micron, uh, analog modeling synth. And I just use the presets. I'm not really a synth nut. I don't know my way around that kind of stuff. I just, Find like the nice airy um, strings and sub basses, some other kind of more ping pong sounds I, I put onto this album as well. So yeah. is that what does the what I thought was a bass line? And there's always something going on. Oh no, there is a there is that a is the bass in that. Yeah. That bass line side note is oh is thank so you. good. It's hmm. so funky. You know, I was and it about... kind of like it came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh yeah, this is nice. It's a little different. Yeah. I wanted to do something a little different, something more stripped down on that song. That was more like a three three part band, and I was thinking of Spoon, like their their drum beats and their, their yeah. kind of like bass. Yeah, a little bit of that is maybe maybe made it in the song, right? Um, let's see other instrumentation. I used the the whammy bar on my guitar a whole ton to get that kind of surfy tone bending sound you you just like strum a chord every couple bars and just then you kind of yeah so here's my thing with that because you've yeah. done a lot of like like new synths there's definitely uh stuff that you're doing that's more electronic now i've seen you play live at look up fest and and i yeah. have seen you kind of transpose that sound into a more of a grungy alternative rock sound do you think you're gonna this is gonna be easier to do that with because you, you've streamlined it, but there's still a lot of like synths in it. So how how is that gonna come over live? Yeah, I've written the stuff to be transposed live pretty easily cool. by like a four piece band, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we might not be able to add synths into some of the live shows, um, but if I do come across a synth player that wants to like jump on our tour, I would love that. That'd be a lot of fun. I don't really want to do backing tracks. It just causes this whole headache for yeah. you know the bands and also the sound engineers. And it's just so nice if you can just walk into the stage, plug in your guitar and, and play. But I do have some pedals in my pedal chain when I play live that sort of it'll like emulate a little bit of the guitar sound into a mm-hmm. synthesizer sound. And so I uh, that comes back out of the amp. And so, yeah, it fills in the gaps a little bit. Your pedal boards are something to be. (laughs) (laughs) Mine are like simple compared to like some of these shoegaze bands. Oh my gosh, I I know. I I don't, I feel like I know nothing when it comes to pedals. I have ideas that I want Mm -hmm. to like use the pedals for, but I'm not like actively buying a lot and testing them out and stuff. I, I have a lot of respect for those people that do. And partnering with someone like that in a band is awesome for me because, like, they can just... You're you like, know, here you go. Pictures. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Matt backed me up on stage for a, um, a show recently in October, and that's exactly, like, where his mind is at. And, uh, he was able to add a lot of those textures nice. to fill up the space. And so I could focus on, like, leads and, mm-hmm. and vocals. Uh, 
Yeah. So getting the right um, group of people together to bring this into a live setting, I think that's the next step. I'm excited to hear it. The other song that I want to talk about is You Gotta Do What You Gotta Do. Yeah. Because you also have a video for that. So first tell us about the song and then tell us about the video. Yeah. I mean, some things in life you just got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to breathe. Gotta work. You got to work. You got to shower sometimes, even though, you know, the you don't have around. the time for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get in the shower and you're like, you gotta, I don't want to get back out. got to pay the tax man. Oh, the tax you gotta, man. You got to do interviews. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we love having you on and I get to do interviews. This is amazing. To, okay. This is my, this is the this only is thing outside of my daughter that I really like. So we're just, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have it. You have it. You're owning it. I love I it. Yeah. So I guess it's just uh, acceptance for some things in life um, that you have to do. I don't have a, a well there in the video, it kind of gets into this like uh dichotomy you know like the the song lyrics are kind of harsh you know like live or die do or don't yeah so sometimes i feel like i need to hear that kind of motivation just to get through something whereas you need a yoda i'm gonna draw out there is no try there's exactly that's something my dad quotes often so same with that philosophy worked its way into this one And the music video, we could talk about that one. If you yeah, want. that's what I Yeah, talk about that one. Because personally, I thought it was a pretty video. And some of the shots, like, where it looked like you were on a rock and it was, like, coming from, from almost below you in a way. Oh, yeah. That was a cool shot. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. I wanted to do, like, a very classic, almost cliche video of me performing, like, on beachside cliffs. Just felt like that's what a music video is, you know? I just wanted to make a music video and be as simple as possible in a way. But I don't know. It, we found some beautiful moments doing it. And uh, we shot at this beautiful cliffside beach area called Two Light State Park in mm-hmm. South Maine. And I looped in a videographer and his brother. And they're credited on YouTube if you want to check that out. And they did a fantastic job shooting and editing. And they even brought some lighting when we were shooting to add some more colors and we just lucked out. We filmed right at magic hour, which is like right as the sun's setting and uh, just got some really nice colors too. So, it is a really pretty video and it's, and it's kind of like you were talking about the lyrics themselves are kind of harsh in a way, yeah. even though they're with that, that very chill sound. And then, so you've got this harsh, the harsh reality, and then you've got this very pretty video, and it was kind of like, oh, I like the the juxtaposition of this. Yeah, there there is a juxtaposition there. You absolutely. Um, we almost did that intentionally with what I was wearing, because I was wearing all black when we were shooting in daytime, mm-hmm. and then all white when we were shooting at night nighttime. So we tried to do like this yin yang thing.
Are you an emerging Texas artist looking for a platform to share your talent? <laughs> well, you're in luck. All you need to do is send your videos right here to videos at TexasCenTV.com. <laughs> You'll have your shot for your video to be shown to the world right here on the newest, hottest channel for music, Texas Scene TV. What is the haps? God, I'm old. What is the haps on, on the next Look Up Fest? Is there going to be one? Are you still working out the details? And where are you thinking it should be? And and can I come again? <laughs> you are always welcome. Yes. Any event I put on and you will be on the guest list. I still rub that into Brent's face. I'm like, yeah, well, I went to Look Up Fest. <laughs> to look up fest. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a an exact timeline yet. I wish I could tell you something more specific, but the last one was went just went so well, and was, I'm uh, nervous great. to try to recreate it. And I don't have another theme in mind yet, so I'm I'm just gonna wait. Beige. Until it feels right. I know, but that's I mean, my no, thing. I don't want to. No, 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 like, no. Because look up, look up. Fest could do like like what did like the old white parties where everybody wears white and like beige out. Yeah, yeah, like very retro almost. I had this idea for like retro future because the yeah. future, how it looked like in the 80s or 70s or even 50s, I'm thinking like that's not really how the future ended up looking like. Yeah, but where's it's, my it's flying own, skateboard? It's like its own reality, you know? <laughs> and they did use a lot of those beige colors. Like, they like, did. Thinking, you know, Space, what is it? Space mm-hmm. Odyssey 2001. Um, that, that like the inside different. of the spaceship on a oh gosh darn it I just saw this too the other day I watched it with my kid yeah. and I remember it uh, but you have to have the towel <laughs> oh uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah. like the way the yeah. inside of the spaceship looked was like futuristic but it was all white and beige yep yeah right I was a big uh, Douglas Adams fan as a kid I read all those books They're good I books. wasn't as into the movies for some reason, or just movie. I don't know if they made sequels. No, they, I believe they just did the one. I did like yeah. the one. Wasn't that it, uh, like Mose Def was in it? Yeah, Mose Demon? Def was in it. Mm-hmm. Cast, yeah. It was a great cast. Yeah. The voice of the robot. I can't. Well, I can't oh, was it Snape? Yeah, the same guy who did Snape. Why am the I very depressed robot? I know. Yeah. Is it something Rickman. Colin Rickman of <laughs> Die Hard Rickman. and yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> In like a million other movies. But you could do that. Yeah, definitely. So you're going to have to let me know. Okay. Because I definitely want to keep it on the radar, and I definitely um, have gotten better at some of my own promoting and being more comfortable with this camera shit. So I'll probably do That was my first foray, and I got invited to a music thing. Like, yeah. Podcast, yeah. you were the first. So I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm too, <laughs> I am too jet lagged to drink. If I drink, you were like, you should have a drink. I was like, no. Because <laughs> I'll be asleep right there. No. My dad thought it was cool, though. He's like, I, he came down to pick me, to like walk me back that area of Seattle with like the sound pollution shirt that's on. Right. I was like, so, yeah, that's so cool. That's dope. Yeah, so, you, you keep doing this. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, you'll have more opportunities. Oh, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Can we play a song that isn't a video that you haven't released? Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. Because on a personal level, the song such as Life. Oh and yeah. It really hit me today when yeah. I was like cuz I I always listen, like I listened when you sent it and then I kind of like put it in my my YouTube rotation. You and Joe are heavy in my rotation because my daughter likes both of you and it's nice when we have things we can listen to together. 
Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I hope to be like that with my daughter. I don't know if it's just because I'm, I'm getting ready to have another birthday or whatever. And I really liked the guitar line in that as well. Tell me about that song. Yeah. For this one, I feel like it almost has this like violent femmes simplicity in that like all parts are following this chord progression just like and i don't know there's something like really happy about that to me and i just remember like after i was just like yeah i was just kind of like dancing around my studio and like i i like this um i'm excited to show this to people that's kind of all i remember about the process uh, (laughs) i think that one came together naturally i i remember the drum take had I just did one drum take for that one because wow. I knew I just wanted to do that kind of yeah and I didn't have much time like in between naps and stuff like trying to coordinate loud noises down here in the studio is always mm-hmm. a, a little interesting but some, there's like a drive to that too it, it that gives me purpose to finish things which is interesting so yeah that that one came together easily and just tried not to um, try too hard on it and I feel, I felt like that one kind of wrapped up the album because you know it started with it is what it is ended with mm-hmm. such is life really similar themes about acceptance and moving on and um, I kind of just wanted to end on that final note wrap wrap the album in a bow and I, I remember there's some moments in like the outro of the song where I was thinking of like those like 50s surf singers you know and yeah. so maybe a little bit of that yeah. on the vocals uh just in my own way oh i never would have put that together but that's true i think it was in like some best of surf rock album that i listened to when i was really young yeah those lyrics again it was almost like it was how you sung them was really nice and how you laid it out was really nice, but it was all, again that harsh reality of acceptance. And I don't know, I really, it just really hit me, so I'd like to include it. Um, sure. That's all. I have no other reasons than that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I do you have, want to play? This is your show. This, well, I know, but it's your music, so I always want to make sure. I always want to double check with with the artists. Um, I do have to ask, and I think Brent would kill me if I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there were that many guitar solos on this one. Like, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. No. What was, was that an actual choice? Because there were a time or two I was like, oh, come on, dude, give it to me. And then, like, nothing. And I was like, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so if I was doing that, Guitar Man co-host was definitely like, oh, my God, yeah. why? <laughs> okay, I kind of, like, hate butt rock. Mm-hmm. guitars and like really intricate solos and stuff uh, i've never really been a fan of that and definitely there's a lot of moments on such as life especially where you think yeah, like, oh, like, here's where solo is gonna go like here it comes i i laid that down dude i was like i had all that in the project and then eventually i was like you know what would be more beige if i just like Not didn't have. do that at all and oh so, it killed me i took it, it out killed me i was like any minute any yeah. minute, because to me, I mean, I know you use a lot of, like, synth and, like, computery stuff, and and most artists do now. I mean, I that's all I use, because I can't play a guitar for shit. I can play it enough to write, mm-hmm. but if you put me on stage with one, forget it. It's not going to happen. But 
like I'm a big guitar fan and I love the yeah, people who can cool. do that. Like, you know, like elephants and dogs kill me. I, so I'm like, what? I was just going to say like Joe yeah. Narducci, that is a person that can shred on the guitar. Shred. Yeah. And he's such, he, he's a baby and he just, I mean, it's unbelievable. And like, you have that same ability, maybe not like he's crazy. He's an, he's Jimi Hendrix. It's another level, exactly. but you have the skills. And so I was like any second, like, cause there was a time <laughs> or two in cry. I was like, ah, oh, there it is. There it is. And it was, and this time you just left me without it. And so I know that had to kill I left me. you hanging. You left yeah, me hanging. I really did. Oh but my God, but you know. know what though? It leaves it open for the next album for you to be like, oh, you asked for it, and now I'm going to do something else, and it's just going to drum up and stir up a whole new group of people. Excited. I might, I might do even less on the next album. Thinking. You think? What are you going to just do? Drums and lyrics, like <laughs> drums and lyrics, <laughs> like a keyboard, ding ding. Oh, I mean, emo <laughs> bands did it. Yeah, it's good though. <laughs> I'm I'm messing around. I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Like guitar is how I write. It's based in every Dark Soft song. You know, I obviously I love the electric guitar, and I I don't even use an acoustic guitar really to songwrite. I just like prefer using what I know I'm gonna record with, what I'm gonna play with live, and it just kind of sounds better to me, even when it's not plugged in. So the, yeah, guitar is everywhere all over the album, and uh I, I ended up layering it a lot more on this album like i did the mm. rhythm guitar parts the kind of bendy chord surfy parts that i was talking about earlier and then i would like do some more kind of plucky like chord inversions that were uh a little higher up on the neck so i was trying to like get the whole guitar oh i heard the layering yeah and it's yeah. laid out beautiful i mean this is a really killer album and like you said it's really going to bring new listeners to you because you have simplified but it's almost like you did it, and then you left me. You left me without a solo, and I don't know how I feel about it. Especially after seeing you play live, I'm like, oh my god, he's he like everybody on Look Up is really good. Oh, absolutely. Like listeners, if you haven't listened to the artists on Look Up Records, I need you to go do that like right now because everybody on there is good, and I can't wait to hear. Because you're gonna start bringing more people in. The more you get known, like it's gonna. I'm just so so excited to see how it goes. Oh, thank you. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, me too. Such is life. Such is life. Guess that's the way it's gonna be. Such is life.
advice question again because that you've done it too many times so I have some different questions what do you do when you get writer's block what does dark soft do to break that yeah I have to take time away just Just, stop just stop yeah know that you're not going to finish anything right now and that's okay and I try to fill my life with other activities that you can pull inspiration from when you go back into writing you know Okay. I think of it like you are what you experience in a way. And if you need new experiences to create new art, like give that space in your life. Okay. Or listen to other music for inspiration too. Yeah, I, yeah, I do know, a lot being, of that. Being a musician, um, sometimes I'll realize, okay, like, yeah, I, I need to spend a couple weeks really digging into some new albums that I've never listened to. And maybe like there's some bands um, who I'm a huge fan of, but I, I'm not like completely familiar with their entire discography. Uh, I should go in and check that out. Like, for example, this week I've been listening to Echo and the Bunnymen's 1987 release. And I just haven't, I hadn't wow. listened to that album, uh, all in one go. Even though I love Echo and the Bunnymen, I just hadn't like listened to that album. Um, and there's some other like 80s jangle pop that I'm getting into lately that had just never come up on my radar. Yeah, I think everyone needs to like, yeah, you, you keep evolving and you keep yeah. consuming and keep gravitating toward things that make you excited. And what process do you use when you set out to write an album? Like, is there a checklist for you or is it all free thought? What do you do? I sort of start with a concept. Um, this one was very intentional. Uh, the others yeah, super intentional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brain was very intentional as well. I was like, I'm going to make an album where every song is named after a computer virus. Weird, but I did it. Weird, but you did it. You did do it. You completed it. It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It's bizarre, but it's up there. Um, Yeah, so that, for some reason, I just needed something to write about, to sing about. And uh, for some reason, that was it. 
so that's helped me just produce, you know, mm-hmm. and like get lyrics and melodies. But the exact process kind of changes from time to time. Okay. Um, this one was more in the box. Like I was, I was thinking about the, the instrumentation and the layering of things as opposed to like, you know, having more of a, an acoustic guitar driven song uh, that you're going to sing around a campfire. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you could. <laughs> you could. You definitely could with these. Yeah. You could. I, I want to make sure like that's possible in a good song. I think mm-hmm. that's key. You know, if you take everything away, it should still be playable. It should still sound good. And is mm-hmm. there like a recipe, I guess, that you use when you release an album? Have oh, you yeah. found that doing a certain like, yeah. So is that something you're willing to share? Or is that like a secret? It's not super secretive. I mean, I just have a checklist of things that I know I want to do for each lookup release. And okay. I just like bring my own stuff through that same process as well. Okay, cool. So like maintaining, if you want to release a lot of stuff and especially like release other people's stuff, you, you kind of want to have a process for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like standardize something in a way and like at least have a checklist of things to do. So yeah, I just main that maintain that and add to it. It's it, boring stuff. It's a lot of it's like data entry on some But but you know, other independent too. artists working from their home studio, they they might want to know what you found is helpful for releasing something on your own. Cuz I have I That would be cool. Like I would like, love that. I think you reshared one post I put out mm-hmm. about like tools needed to yes. start a record label. Anytime I see somebody yeah. do that, that I try to put that at the top of the page because there's not a lot of information. And then a lot of how music is made and distributed has changed just within my lifetime. Um, yeah. Because when, oh, my God, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you weren't. We weren't able to do a lot of what you do and maintain our independence. We were just like playing at bars and praying for the fucking best. And now yeah, there's this whole world. Yeah. And like, yeah, the thing is, right. You can do a lot of that on your own now. But we don't all know how. So if you did that, <laughs> I think that would be great. I know I would buy it. Yeah. I know most people cool. would buy it because it's like we're. We're like, I have these ideas and I've got this and I've got the instruments, but now what? Like, how do what I do you do after that? Yeah. How do I produce it and, mm-hmm. and, and distribute it and stuff? Last time you asked me some marketing questions, I, I'll say the same thing now. I'm like, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to uh, like throw things at the wall and see what sticks. That's uh, what I, I do. I don't consider <laughs> myself like a I'm like... successful career musician or whatnot. So I, I don't know if I can impart the best advice yet. So tell my listeners where they can find your stuff. Yeah, so you can go to darksoft.band. That's my website. And all the streaming links, all my social platforms are linkable from that site. And if you're on social medias, it's D-A-R-K-S-0-F-T. And you can find me there. Yeah, or check out Lookup Records, too. You know, we got some other cool artists that... Um, I've helped with their releases like Stacking Pennies, Elephants and Dogs, oh, Stacking Pennies, Swim, Sea Life. Sea Life is so good. Yeah, this sorry. Is so <laughs> no, sea Life is great too. Sea Life is great. That song Peaches still makes me happy. That's on my yeah. rotation too. Awesome, it's a great song. So yeah, so so check out Dark Soft. Check out Look Up Records. 
buy Beigeification. Buy it. <laughs> yeah. Support, yeah, no, support the money. independent artists. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with making money off your work. I, go it's buy it. It's on Bandcamp. We made some tapes. 20, oh, that's something I didn't mention. Yeah. So 2060 Records, they're based out of Olympia, Washington. The guy that runs that, John Winter, offered to print some tapes for this release. And so that was really cool. We got some help um, getting it out on physical media. And so we just did a short run of tapes. And so they're up on the band camp. Um, also, he put some for consignment with K Records. And so it's on K Records' website as well. Just a few of them. It's kind of cool. I love that everybody's doing tapes again. I just I know they sound really nice. They um, actually do have a good in the sound. Car and it was like this an, a lo-fi, dark and soft tone. <laughs> so it works real well for you, doesn't it? It works pretty well. Yeah, that's funny. Hmm. Maybe oh, I should do more okay. of that. But we made some CDs too. Hey, I love CDs. Yeah, CDs are great. Like lossless quality, right there. Go check out Darksoft. Go check out Look Up Records. Thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. All right, you badass listeners, I want to thank you for giving Darksoft and Sound Pollution an hour or so of your time this week. Please click those links to show the artist some love and affection. If you are interested in being on an episode of Sound Pollution, or if you have been here before and want to come back to show us some new music, please reach out to Sound Pollution via email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Spots are filling up fast. I want to thank Darksoft again for being on the show. That's all for this week. Make some.